really looking at personal branding, how I look at it as a deep act of service. And there's this piece of advice I got a few years ago. I'll never forget it. In fact, way back in the day when I was first starting my magazine and I was going through a breakup with an ex-boyfriend and I was just getting on Facebook like every fucking day, like just being super passive aggressive and just talking <laughs> about, you know, my heart, my feelings. And <laughs> I had a really wise friend pull me aside and be like, Jessica, not a good look girl. Like, mm-hmm. don't, don't do that. Like, and she said to me, the internet is not a place to process. Mm-hmm. The internet is a place for you to share wisdom gleaned from what you've processed, but process that offline. Cause it's no one cares and it's just cathartic and self-indulgent. And so back to your point, Doug, like it's okay to be vulnerable and share what's going on in your life online, but ask yourself in everything you post, what's in it for the person on the other side of their phone right now? I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please, sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobes, and today's guest is Jessica Zweig. Jessica is a branding expert and best-selling author of B, a no-bullshit guide to increasing your self-worth and net worth by simply being yourself. The book is a direct reflection of our conversation today, as well as the principles and tactics that she lives by and teaches at her premium branding agency, Simply B. Jessica has worked with many A-list companies, including Google, Nike, and Microsoft, just to name a few. Our discussion today is a masterclass on personal branding. We talk about why everyone needs to be thinking of themselves as a personal brand and how branding yourself can actually help you grow personally and not just professionally. Jessica unveils the blueprint to creating an image that lasts and what separates a good brand from one that is spectacular. She also shares why you shouldn't go to social media to process your emotions and what she advises her clients to do instead. We dive deep into what to post and how to really connect with your audience in an authentic way. Oh, and by the way, We also cover how Jessica was essentially bankrupt in every area of her life and how she turned it all around to create the ultimate comeback story. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Jessica Zweig to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Jessica, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Doug. I love your name. That's my brother's name. And I just think Doug's are like the coolest. They are. I mean, gosh, I I wish somebody could say that. Somebody should just say that to me like every morning when I wake up. It would be like the greatest alarm clock to be like, Doug is the greatest name. Doug is the greatest name. <laughs> it really is. I love my brother. He's like my favorite person. So I have such an affection for like a Doug. It's just a great name. It's a rare I, one. I appreciate that. And I, I could listen to you say that all day, but today's about you and, and the audience. So I, um, but I wanted to talk to you for a variety of reasons. Number one, because I know you're an expert in branding. And I think that everybody today, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, has a brand that they, they have within themselves that they need to be paying attention to and how that relates to how they act, who they surround themselves with, the choices they make every single day. But before we do that, I think something that's really fascinating about you is that you've taken a massive trial in your life and turned it into 
an incredible transformation that now that you're now using to help others. So like paint a picture for the listeners of, of where you were at. I know there was a point not too long ago where you were not just financially, I guess, bankrupt, if you will, you were mentally bankrupt, spiritually bankrupt, emotionally bankrupt, and just really like in the, in the massive depths of despair. Yes. I love, I'd love to start. I'd love to start there in order for me to start there. I have to take you back a little bit and I'll, 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 I'll give you as much of an abbreviated version of it as possible. But, you know, I, I was never cool in high school. That's important context. I was never the popular girl and was bullied and traumatized a lot in high school for that. Went to school for theater, graduated with an acting degree. All I knew how to do was wait tables and be dramatic. Like I didn't really have a sense of what I was going to do with my life for most of my twenties. And then in my late twenties, around the age of 26, I started a business for the first time. And I really kind of accidentally, very fortuitously fell into entrepreneurship, which was a brand new concept for me at the time as a struggling artist, you know, with, with not much experience in anything else, but being an actor and being a bartender really. So I built this website. It was an online blog for girls that really exploded and it became the largest online platform for women in the city of Chicago for ending up becoming seven years. I grew a hundred thousand local readers. I worked with the biggest fortune 500 brands in the world. And I kind of became this like it girl in Chicago. Like I threw parties, like my magazine was like a social light platform. Like we talked about the city restaurants, nightlife, fashion, fitness, dating, arts, and culture. I had a business partner. We were both really green. I had no idea how to really run a business. It was my first time, but it kind of just kind of took off and became bigger than me in a way. And it was a very sparkly thing. Like people saw from the inside out, this magazine that was killing it. And these two girls that were best friends and, you know, running this very high fashion, sparkly looking business. But on the inside was a completely different story. I mean, we had a very toxic relationship, my business partner and I, we had a really toxic culture. Cause again, I didn't know how to manage and lead and we didn't have any money. Mm. You know, we were running our business off of credit cards. Neither one of us knew how to crunch a PL, like, but budget, you know, it was our, our revenue model, you know, wasn't only us. It was our revenue model was very cyclical, like feast or famine. We were constantly chasing checks. We could barely pay our employees at months and had to kind of cover it up. And it was horrible. And like, we were the last people to get paid because we were the owners. And so I found myself about five and a half years in to the seven year journey broke, like had to borrow money from my parents broke to pay my phone bill broke, you know, back to the high school, never being cool. All of a sudden I was cool. And, or I thought I was cool because I could get it into any nightclub I wanted in Chicago. And I had a big following and, and all of a sudden I, you know, was really operating from this place of unconscious ego and unconscious wounding and also known as inauthenticity without realizing it for years. And it, it caught up with me. I mean, I crashed from burnout. I got physically sick. I had to have surgery. I had a nervous breakdown. I was broke. Like I was living a lie. Like it was, it was horrible. And it really was that breakdown in that moment of like actually hearing the truth of my higher self, telling me how to out of alignment I was that set me on this path to become 
responsible and accountable first and foremost to what I had created, like, which was kind of a mess. And to really hear the truth of my higher self, which was like, this isn't you, you're not going to plan fashion parties and party six nights a week. And, you know, for the rest of your, like, this isn't your purpose. This isn't your destiny. Like you're bigger, like, and also to recognize that my business, this thing that I had created over the course of now five and a half years, wasn't me. It was a thing that I had created and it was separate from me. And it was okay if I wanted to walk away. Although that decision took me a year and a half to like basically cut off my own right arm. Like that's how connected I was to my identity as this cheeky girl and hired a life coach, started to do the real spiritual work, began meditation, started to pay off my debt, went through a very bloody business divorce with that partner of mine. And ended up walking away after seven years of something that felt like abandoning my whole identity in order to step into my truth and really start over. And that's what I did. And that's really what I'm teaching and doing now with my work is helping other people own who they are and own their story as part of their mission, part of, as part of their message and building their personal brands around authenticity and that you can actually be way more successful and fulfilled when you do that than, you know, operating from a place of persona. And so that's really my journey in a nutshell. Wow. That's, that's super inspiring. And, and I, I relate to a lot of that specifically, like the lack of identity yeah. and how, when you, you had mentioned that you had this, these unconscious or subconscious beliefs that were ingrained in you subconscious patterns of, of stuff that was causing you to, to step away from who you truly were as a person. And as a result, you saw this massive fallout in business, massive fallout personally, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. And it seems just from your backstory, you always had, there was always something there that was missing. Like you always seemed to struggle with identity. I know you struggled a lot with codependency you struggled with body dysmorphia a lot like in your 20s yeah so was that like something you had to go back and really like unpack and work through once you had that aha moment that you were like you know i'm i'm just done with this and then was that something you worked through with with that life coach and just went back and said okay like why did i start to make these decisions I'm still working on that, Doug. <laughs> I, it's right. I mean, it's a lifelong journey. Yeah. And I think, you know, I get a lot of questions of like, how do you become authentic? And what are your practices? And tell me how to do it. And you want to know really what I, I tell people pretty much every single time I get this question. I hired a lot of help. Yeah. <laughs> I hired coaches. I hired therapists. I've hired healers. I've worked with Reiki masters, astrologers, mediums, like give me all the modalities and let me know myself. Show me the truth of myself. Show me the feedback and the honesty, the radical honesty of my shadow mm. so that I can bring more light to that. And that has really been a cornerstone. And yeah, I mean, to answer your direct question, I had to kind of go back and, and I would call it an excavation of all of the things that I, you know, kept it like the trauma that, that has lived inside my body that played itself out in really unhealthy and unconscious ways, mostly in my twenties, codependent romantic relationships being one of them, body dysmorphia being another one, addiction to spending being another one, right. Feeling like 
super hungry for validation, which I'm still working on that one. Like, you know, and all of the ways that we, you know, act out unconsciously. And I think there's been no better decision investment resources wise, like money spent and time spent on doing the work. And that has really, I think, been a key to the sauce of my experience with becoming more and more authentic, 100%. Right. And it, and it just seems that like a lot of the bullying and probably the toxic romantic relationships and even some things that may have happened when you grew up eventually just caught up with you. And I think what happens, and I say this often, is our, our perception of ourselves becomes hijacked based on the lies that people tell us and that we start to believe about ourselves. So that if you're bullied for a long time in school, or you have people that are just doubting you or shaming you or talking down to you, eventually you start to believe that you start to question yourself and you're like, Oh, is this true? Is this really who I am? And then over time, it creates this dissonance between who you truly are at your core and the way you're acting. And then you wonder why, like, how the hell did I get from this person where I value these things and I was this person to years later, months later, whatever, like here I am completely miserable on the inside, on the outside, things look good because that's just a way of us coping is like, okay, I want people to know that I'm doing okay so that I can, that's my way of feeling loved is knowing that I'm fitting in or that I am being accepted. And, and it's so easy to fall into that trap on social media. So do you think that like you having so much success at a young age kind of masked all these problems, if you will, and it just pushed the ball further down the court of the inevitable of you really dealing with a lot of the stuff at the root of all this? A hundred percent. I think after a certain period of time, there was no other option for it to catch up with me, you know, for me to recognize, like I say I was operating from a place of unconscious wounding Yeah. in my most sparkly version of the exterior. And that's why I believe so much in the work of personal branding as a vehicle for personal empowerment, Mm. because people will associate personal branding with image and with the external and with projection and perception. But the journey of building a personal brand starts within and it maps to the, to life itself, which is the journey within. It's actually not at all the journey without it's, it starts with going as far deep inside of yourself to know yourself, understand yourself, love yourself, be yourself in order to show up in a more, what I would call integrated fashion. And back in the day when I was running cheeky, I wasn't integrated. The exterior versus the interior were so disconnected. Like I was blind and asleep to what was really going on internally. You know, and so I was acting out externally from a place of unconsciousness. And so the more integrated we become, the more authentic we become. Right. And that's really the the journey that I I encourage everyone to to be on. Yeah, a thousand percent, because I think the the secret sauce to life is making sure that the the video matches the audio, like what you say online is what happens when when someone's recorded, when we're recording you off camera, when you don't even know you're being recorded, that's, that's how you're carrying on and being yourself. And, and it's a good segue into our talk of branding, because I think what you just did is the essence of what makes a good brand 
it's being vulnerable. It's really trying, it's, it's speaking your truth. It's not being afraid to share openly and honestly, and, and also talking about like the lessons and the come up out of that. Because I think there's one side of the coin where you can just talk about all the successes and all the accolades and, and that can be a turnoff. Right. And I think the other side that can be a turnoff is if you get to some, the person who just completely just constantly complains about their life, like nonstop and puts like this, the sob stories on their page all the time. And not to say that some of those aren't justified because certainly they can be in some cases, but you get what I'm talking about. The people that are constantly complaining about their lives and they're not taking any action on changing themselves. Let's double click into this because it's just such a good conversation to have. So, you know, your podcast is called the adversity podcast, like, and yet, so you're talking about setbacks, you're talking about vulnerable moments in people's lives, and yet you're doing it in a medium that is all about value for the listener. Yeah. You're here to inspire, to educate, to move souls, to captivate, to motivate. That's okay. So there's the distinction and it's a fine line. People think like, okay, building a brand is either an act of ego. Like people are like, oh, I'm going to look at people who do that thing and just call them self-centered. That's a projection and not your problem. But there's, there are people who do that. Then there's really looking at personal branding, how I look at it as a deep act of service. And there's this, this piece of advice I got a few years ago. I'll never forget it. In fact, way back in the day when I was first starting my magazine and I was going through a breakup with an ex-boyfriend and I was just getting on Facebook, like every fucking day, like just being super passive aggressive and just talking <laughs> about, you know, my heart, my feelings. And <laughs> I had a really wise friend pull me aside and be like, Jessica, not a good look girl. Like, don't, don't do that. Like, and she said to me, the internet is not a place to process. Mm. The internet is a place for you to share wisdom gleaned from what you've processed, but process that offline because it's no one cares and it's just cathartic and self-indulgent. And so back to your point, Doug, like it's okay to be vulnerable and share what's going on in your life online, but ask yourself in everything you post, what's in it for the person on the other side of their phone right now? Like, what is it? What am I actually here to be giving versus just to be heard? And if that's, if you can't answer that question, then you shouldn't be sharing it. And so I think there's like this duality of being vulnerable and being of service that very few people know how to strike. Um, but that's how we should all be approaching vulnerability on the internet in my view. Right. So, and I, and I agree with you so much and I think it's important not to just dump on the internet because that creates dissonance in your brand and your audience too, because then it's, again, it's just like, well, what's in it for me? Or even if you're, if you're somebody in the self-development or personal development space, and you're constantly posting about your problems or trying to process emotions, people are going to be like, aren't I supposed to be following this person to inspire me? And here they are, like just bringing me my energy down for six months straight, a year straight, two years straight. Cause of course we're all going to have those days where we might post something we wish we didn't, sure. but when it, when it becomes a habit or a pattern, that's when it becomes an issue. So I want to triple click in this really quick, I guess, if you will, before we get in more into the branding side, I know you manage and and work with a lot of awesome brands and help them with their image and just putting themselves out there, making sure they're staying true to themselves. Like what are some of the things you help coach them on? Like, what are some tips you give them when they're going through a, a massive like time of emotion to be able to practice that pause and not respond or post emotionally? I mean, I think that's, 
that's just it. It's the the distinction between responding and reacting. Mm. And that's partially the benefit of working with Simply V is yeah. that we have your back and we're your partner and we keep you accountable and we're your resource. And it's like, you know, we had a, we had, you know, we've had a lot of things happen in the world, right. In the last year and a half, a lot of things politically, socially, and we have been able to guide our clients of, you know, this is actually a day you shouldn't share anything. You know, we, we should probably stop the, the content calendar and really think about what we should be saying instead of what we've planned to say, you know, and I'm giving this out to your audience for, you know, if you work with a simply be, or you work with yourself to really be conscious one of what's really happening in the world and how your voice, yes, does matter, but what narratives might need to take precedent and how can you add value to the narrative versus adding to the noise? Yeah. That's one. And two, you know, having the ability to kind of look at your content and your channel as not just an, an awesome like asset to your business, but a responsibility that you actually have to the people who follow you. You are your own media channel. Like by virtue of the fact that you can set up a free Instagram account and grow followers and have the, the attention of, of human beings, like you, that's a, that's a privilege and a responsibility that I don't think people really look at like that, like that, mm. that they should honor and truly respect and revere. And so when you start to kind of get off topic or go into a spin of your own drama that day, it's, it's, again, it's not, it's not revering the privilege that you have to actually speak to people. And so that is always what I bring my clients back to. Like you're here because you didn't choose it. It chose you. You have a responsibility to live your light, to share a message that helps move the world forward, period. And we don't, we underestimate our own power because we're not Tony Robbins or Oprah Winfrey, like, or Gary Vaynerchuk. Like you don't need to reach millions and millions of people to change the world. You change the world by one person at a time. And every single person is a ripple in a pond, a drop in a pond. And so take that seriously and use that time that you have here for good. And the internet is a gift. Social media is a gift, like demonize it all you want, but it's an incredible thing to have in this part of our human evolution to be able to connect the way we can globally. It's, it's unreal when you think about it. I just got the chills. It's a tool, right? It's an incredible tool. Yeah. It's a powerful tool. Yeah. So and that's said- what I say to my clients. Yeah, and you and you said so much, and, I, and from what I'm understanding, like I, I feel like you got to be able to read the room and know like yes. what's, going, what's going on around you. Yes, well said. And don't just post just to post. I feel like people now they just post just to post, right? Instead of thinking about like, okay, do do I really mean what I'm saying? And I think this goes for anything. Like, think about what you're posting and making sure that it's actually aligned with who you are as a person, and that you're not just posting it to get likes. You're not just posting it to fit in or get comments, like, like really dive deep into why you're posting it. And you brought up something a few minutes ago or a few seconds ago where you said, you don't have to be like, you know, like, like Tony or Oprah or, or Gary V and impact millions of people, but you can start with your own audience and who that is. But I think before you do that, you have to decide for yourself, like who you are. So why should somebody why, why does everybody need to be thinking about themselves as a personal brand, I think, to start? We will get you back to this episode of the Adversity Advantage in just one second. But first, wanted to give a quick shout out to Danette May and Earth Echo Foods. Danette was a past guest on the podcast and shared her incredible story and how it inspired her to create her products such as Cacao Bliss. 
which I take every day, either in my coffee or in a smoothie. It starts with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then it's blended with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result? Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to keto, gluten-free, paleo, vegan, and vegetarian diets. So go to earthechofoods.com forward slash Doug Again, earthechofoods.com forward slash Doug Check it out for yourself and learn more about the amazing benefits of Cacao Bliss. And when you enter in the promo code Doug at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Now back to the show. Well, oh gosh, I have so much to say about this. So knowing your brand is knowing your value, is knowing your worth. Okay, so knowing that and step two, being able to communicate what that is. Those two things change your life. Those two things would change the world. Like if everyone was empowered, personal branding is an act of personal empowerment. My book is a personal empowerment book disguised as a personal branding book. My business is a personal empowerment company disguised as a personal branding company. So it really comes down to making the decision that you are worthy and deserving of the life and career that you want. And your personal brand is the ultimate vehicle to get you there because people are going to hire you. They're not going to hire your logo or your website or your product. They're going to hire the the human being behind it at the end of the day. That's why they're going to choose to come back. That's why they're going to choose to return because of the way they refer you because of the way you make them feel. And only people can make people feel because people have feelings and websites don't. So I think just really kind of understanding that, getting that like one into your head, like knowing my brand is knowing my value is knowing my worth and claiming that out loud. Another thing is I'm just going to hearken to something that Reed Hoffman recently said on his masters of scale podcast, where he talks to the founders of, you know, Airbnb and Instagram and Dropbox on a regular basis. He's, you know, Reed Hoffman, the investor behind every major company in Silicon Valley. And he just did a whole episode on personal branding and why you, and I was like jumping up and down crying. And he, he talks about how companies need brands, but people need brands in equal measure because you will always be you. Your company is going to evolve. The business environment is going to change. The world is going to change, but what will keep you adaptable is your personal brand. It'll be the platform in which you can put into a suitcase essentially and take with you when your company crumbles or the world goes through a pandemic or, you know, you lose out on, you know, investors. Like you can, you can take yourself and continue on. And that asset is, invaluable and it, and it's constant. Mm -hmm. So that's secondly. And I, I just would really encourage people to architect a strategy when it comes to their companies. Cause I'm sure if you're listening, you have a company, you have a marketing strategy should for your company to acquire customers, your face and humanity and thought leadership around your company as face of that company should be integrally woven into the marketing communications of your strategy to enhance it. It creates more of a 360 understanding of why someone would want to invest in you. Right. And so at the end of the day, it's, and then I'll speak the last thing I'll say, because this is important because maybe you're not a founder of a big company. Like maybe you're just a solopreneur and a freelancer or running your own gig, whatever. Great. We live in the world of 2021 where everyone is online. 
And there are people who are probably not as good as you, but going after the same clients as you that you're losing opportunities to because they're showing up online and you're not. That's the only difference. Not because they're better. You might be the best in your game, but if you're invisible, you're going to lose. So this isn't just about feel good impact. This is about smart business. So there's a lot of, a lot of reasons why people need to think about their personal brand. And people buy brands, not companies. In my, in my opinion, right. You think about a hundred percent, like you think that's about, why I, okay. that's why I drink smart water. Yeah. Like, you know, I relate to Jennifer Aniston and their branding and like the commercial, like everything is branding. Everything is affinity and emotion. Exactly. Right. I mean, you look at the companies that are just crushing it right now. Apple, Peloton, Lululemon. I mean, Starbucks, you can go on and on with these brands that you just, you just know. And, and people don't even know many times, like why exactly they're buying it. They just know the brand. They're like, you know what? I'm an Apple person. I'm on my MacBook. I got my iPhone, I have my AirPods and that's just what people are buying. And they're willing to spend that extra money because they believe in the brand as a whole and, and not just the company. And so were you going to say something? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, like nerding out right now. So um, speaking of, of Gary V, right. I listened to his podcast once in a while and I heard him say something once a, a while back, he was talking about power of audio. Okay. I'm gonna take a bird walk for a second, but he was just saying how audio is the future and we're seeing that. Right. And, and he was saying there will come a day when we make all of our decisions based on our Alexas and our Google voices and our homes and why brand is important is the, dis- and why brand actually equates revenue and cost people's jobs. Okay. This is like how connected he, he, he made the dots was the distinction of in a couple of years from now, when you're sitting at home and you say, Hey, Alexa, order me some peanut butter or Hey, Alexa, order me Jiffy. Like Jiffy's business is going to thrive versus the, the generic peanut butter that no has zero brand because the brand exists and it's co- consistent and constant and creates emotional connection. And that's the power of a brand. And I just was like, that's, that's what people, most people don't get. And you were, you were just saying the same thing. And I never, I never thought you want to be top of mind. You want to be like, I'm not going to order a home workout bike. I'm going to order Peloton. Right. It's a completely different way of thinking about it. Right. And yeah, and, it, and it's so true. You just like, again, you think about the, the companies that are thriving right now, they've created brands. Like when I think of Apple, I'm not thinking of like the company itself. I'm thinking of the Apple logo. When I think of Peloton, I'm thinking of the experience and the logo. And, and that's, that's what drives customers. That's what, what drives engagement. That's what drives revenue. And with that said, I want to get into the what on, on or the how, excuse me, of how to build the personal brand. Um, and I kind of want to take a couple, not a couple shortcuts, but I think most people can kind of, in a way, figure out somehow who their target audience is just with a, a matter of journaling, maybe doing mm-hmm. some research on their own, writing things down of like who they want to serve, right? I think there's many people that know that. And there's a lot of people that do the work on themselves and they can figure out like who they are and what their message is. I think that there's that's very common. But I think the, the disconnect where I think you can come in and help is connecting the dots on those two. Like, how can you take who you are and your brand and make sure that you're really connecting to the audience? Like, how do you do that? You read my book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm flashing my book now. On Zoom. I see it. So no, really. So I'll actually speak to this because I created some methodology. Like I've trademarked a whole series of tools, like 
I created an approach to branding a person years ago and I tested and I learned and I tested and I learned and I came up with like a bona fide approach that I call a methodology that I trademarked because it's, I believe in it so much and it works. So the first foundational tool that I created was called the hologram. And this is to answer your question. So the personal brand hologram. And so the, the question, the problem I think that most people have, which is the problem that I, I believe I'm solving here. Cause you're talking about like, how do we connect with our core consumers, which are like the people who need us, like the feeling of connection and people buy based on emotion. Right. And then also the elevation of like my expertise and, you know, really telling my story in a way that makes me credible. And so the hologram is here to help you do that kind of reconciling a, a two problems. The first I wouldn't call it problem, but more of a way of thinking about it and, and just facts, basically, which is one, branding is an exercise in clarity. Okay. I say this all the time. If you're going to remember anything about branding, remember this, it's an exercise in clarity. It doesn't matter how well you understand your own brand. You should. What matters is that someone who's never heard of you before can understand it in less than 15 seconds. Like that's the nature of the saturation of the noise today on the internet. And you've got to cut through. And the way you do that is clarity, not content, not more noise, but the right noise. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So branding is an exercise in clarity, but then we have people who are complicated, who are not meant to be understood in less than 15 seconds. We have 80,000 thoughts a day, according to science. Like there's so much you could say about yourself. And so the hologram is here to reconcile that, that problem between branding as an exercise in clarity. And yet you have a lot of things you could talk about. How do you be, how do you become seen as an expert to be legitimate to your core consumer? And how do you become human to emotionally connect to your core consumer. And so the hologram is a framework with three sections. The first is your headline. So if you think of like Oprah Winfrey, you know, like super soul or Gary Vaynerchuk, like hustle, it's like this feeling word energy statement that like is immediately associated with you. And that hologram exercise helps you define what that is. It's really quite incredible. And then the, there's four pillars. So just four pillars of your brand that you stand upon that are piece, pieces of your expertise in your life that you own and that you get really consistent with. Because here's another big secret about like building a brand called you. You are who you say you are over and over and over and over and over again. That's it. Like just you have to pick your narrative and then you stick to the script and you start to become known as the adversity guy. You start to become known as the personal branding girl. Like consistency is queen if clarity is king. So the pillars make that really easy for you to start to create content, to market yourself, to become an expert, why someone would pay you money and also why someone would like you <laughs> and want to work with you. And I always say, pick like eight to 10 pillars. Like if I were to say to you, Doug, between now and the day that you die, you can only talk about four things, just four. You, you'd probably choose things that light you up the most, things that you care about the most, and things you know about the most. And 
I'll say to those listening, we'll we'll be like, well, I care know most about my children, but I don't want to share my children online. I want that to be private and it's not part of my personal brand. Fine. Great. You get to pick your own narrative. So think about the things that showcase the depth of your expertise and the depth of your humanity. And if, if your children are not on the table, then pick a different passion, pick your faith, pick your affinity for travel, pick women empowerment. Like what are the elements of your brand narrative that again, will connect from a human standpoint while elevating your expertise. And so all this to say, the hologram will walk you through this because we can create content all day long, but if it's not connected to an actual strategy and a clarified story, you're going to come off like a hot mess on the internet. Most people do this. And so I always say, zoom up before you create a single piece of content, you have to know your brand narrative and create the strategy based on that. So you ask the question, how do we connect to our core consumer with our expertise? That's, that's the approach. I, and it, and it works like a charm. It's interesting. I don't, I don't know if I've ever heard it put that way. Cause traditionally, like when, when I've heard people talk about social media, it's like, okay, think about like the buckets you want to be known for. So it could mm-hmm. be like fitness, nutrition, faith, mental health, anxiety, whatever it is. And then you focus on posting that or stay, staying true to that. But I've never heard it like put like for like till the day you die, like longevity, like more like longer vision. Because I feel like when you're thinking more in the long term, it's probably going to be more true to your core. Because now you're thinking like, what is at the core, the most important things that I want to make sure I'm talking about until the day I die. Not right now what's cool, but like long-term. And then I think you can reverse engineer and then kind of go not backwards, but you just stay true to that. It's kind of like one of the greatest exercises I think somebody could do is like, and I learned this from an early mentor of mine, Todd Durkin is like writing down, like what are the five things you want to accomplish by the time you die or something like that? Like, what are the things you want to accomplish by the time you die? And then you can like backtrack that. So I, I love, I love that approach. And I think there's going to be people listening to this and it doesn't matter. Like everybody has a brand. It doesn't matter if you have a, if you have a business, it doesn't matter if you work for somebody, it doesn't matter if maybe you're a mom or you're a dad and you're listening to this, like, how does this fit in? Like we're, we're all walking around as a brand. We're all selling ourselves in some way. And especially in 2021, where everyone's online, you definitely want to be cognizant of what you're posting. You definitely want to be mindful of how you're living day to day. And so with that said, what do you think is the difference? Like, what are the, what are the things that, that separate a brand from being good and a brand from being like spectacular? Ooh, that's so good. Well, the, the first thing that came to mind is, well, th- I have three things. Soul. Like, you can't manufacture like passion, fire, soul. Like you think about that. And second is consistency. And then the third is impact. Like we're here to, we're here to do something bigger than just sell a bike. You know, we're here to do something bigger than just sell a computer. Right. And so this mission driven brand, I think really is what ultimately just doesn't connect and convert all of the people, although it will help you with a mass mass or audience, but with your people, like Mm. people who you will just keep bringing it up. Peloton are like, obsessed with the brand. They're like evangelists, right? And you do that through creating 
that soul, that consistency, that mission. Like we're not just helping people like get in shape. We're helping people raise their frequency and raise their vibes and connect virtually across the world to other Pelotoners. Like, so we don't feel alone during COVID. I mean, it was brilliant. I also will say too, and I'm a snob when it comes to this is visual branding. You really do have to think about your look and feel like it doesn't have to be beautiful and different strokes for different folks, but coming up with what you love aesthetically and then staying consistent, having a polish is a game changer because we are visual creatures. Like we, we process visual data 60,000 times faster than written text. It's the reason why Instagram is so incredible because we like looking at things. And I will say to the, you know, to the day that I die, this, you know, I write about it in my book, the color yellow has changed my career. Like it opened up doors because I, I stand out people are, and it's not just the brightness of the color, but it's in my consistency when using it. And so whether it's a color, it's a font, it's a photography style, it's, you know, a logo, it, it doesn't matter. But I really think that what makes a brand spectacular is when you have all of those pieces together, you have a clarified message, you have passion, soul, you have a mission and a packaging that makes you shine. There's, you have to kind of have all of it. It, You can't sacrifice one of it or it won't be spectacular. It might be amazing. might be good, but it won't be spectacular. Soul impact, visualization, consistency. consistency. Yeah. It's all, it's all so important. And I think what you're getting at, like the root of it all is that it has to be purpose-driven. It has to be mission-driven. It can't just be about money. It can't just be about validation or like external looks, if you will. It has to all come together. There has to be a deeper meaning behind the brand for people because people buy on emotion, like you said a couple of minutes ago. So how do you connect people to that emotion? Well, you create a company or a brand that has a deep, meaningful vision purpose and the content has to be a a byproduct of all of that. And and with that said, you've worked with a lot of amazing brands through the years. You've created a a phenomenal company and brand for yourself. And I believe, you know, if you, you hear a lot of people say success leaves clues, right? And mistakes leave clues as well. So what are some of the mistakes that you've seen either your clients make or yourself in the branding space that you look back and you're like, man, like I really wish like I didn't do that because it cost you something and it could have easily been adjusted that you thought at the time was something good. I mean, I, I think that this, I'll just use myself as an example because I mean, my biggest sort of epic failure around branding myself was when I was running my first business and just feeling like I was playing a part and that caught up with me on a personal level, on a professional level. I'll say that when I when I started Simply Be, you know, I started taking a bunch of different tactical approaches to marketing my business. And one of the things that I did was a video series called Simply Be TV that I put on YouTube and spent, I don't know, 15 grand, 20 grand producing it. Like it was a huge investment. Like it was full stop production. We came up with all these crazy videos. We invited our clients in. We did some interviews. It was really conceptually genius. But I didn't have the um, bandwidth or the wherewithal, to be frank, to rock YouTube. And it didn't go anywhere. Like, like I didn't get very many views. It didn't move any needle. It, it was just like something that I could now say I did and tried and it didn't really work. 
Right. And I think, you know, I share that because I want people to be very like gentle on themselves. Like you're going to try things out strategically, tactically, creatively that aren't going to land that you think will and pick yourself up off the ground. Don't lick your wounds too long and just try something else. And, you know, that was really the inspiration for me to do a podcast. I was like, well, fuck video. I, I think I can probably get more leverage with my time and you know resources with a podcast. And I stuck to the script of this, this podcast and now it's, you know, a huge part of my platform. And I kind of look back on simply BTV and we're like, thank God I did that because I learned so much and, you know, it didn't, it wasn't a huge detriment. Like I was out money. Sure. But I wouldn't go back and change it, to be honest. I think we, one thing I want to highlight back to what what I was saying about, you know, picking these things that you're going to talk about and own till the day you die, because you're always going to be you. While that is true, we evolve, you know, and it's okay for your brand to evolve and the things you care about most to evolve and your expertise to evolve. So be gentle on yourself and know that, you know, one of my favorite things is like going back deep and zombieing on like people's accounts that have been around forever and like, look at where they started and use that as like, wow, like it, they got started and they weren't perfect. And that's amazing that they all, we all brick by brick built it. No, no one has had it all figured out from day one, not at all. So that's part of the journey that I would actually celebrate. Yeah. We're always comparing our chapter one, right. To somebody else's chapter 20 or 30 or 40. And we forget that those people had a chapter one as well. And and I think you brought up a good point that I think is important for people to hear. And that I think it kind of relates to burnout. And and the, what the reason I say this is you talked about creating this TV series and you see a lot of people now because there's podcasts, there's vlogs, there's TikTok, there's reels, there's this, there's that. And we're, people are trying to do it all and they end up just completely burning out. Right. I was having a yes. conversation with somebody the other day and we were having this, this conversation that they're just trying to do everything at once and just really not getting a lot done because they're just going, you know, 30 to 40% at seven different things instead of going like 80 to 90% at two or three things. So what are some tips that you give to some of your clients when they're trying to figure out like what type of content to post? that re- that is going to resonate with their brand and their audience so that they don't get burned out and they can manage their time more effectively without without hiring people. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, if you rem- remember another kind of data point like it's much better to go narrow and deep than shallow and wide, right? Mm. So I often say pick one or two channels that you can really master. You do not need to be on all the things. Don't try it. It's a waste of time and a recipe for overwhelm. So pick the channels that make the most sense to you. I mean, if you're, you know, an executive, you should explore LinkedIn. If you're an interior designer, look at Pinterest. Like there are so many ways that we can really maximize the different functions of each channel. And that's step one. And then step two is really, I, I love this idea of creating once publishing often, right? It's a way to truly like maximize a macro piece of content that you can then micro out into many different sort of segments to distribute across different channels. So a podcast is a great example. A podcast has a you know 45 minute audio that you can turn into a blog from the show notes that you can create little quotables that become quote graphics onto Instagram, little mini-sodes from your Zoom that you could put onto IGTV so that you're really looking at like 
how do I maximize my time by maximizing my content and really squeezing the juice right out of each one? If you're not in the podcast space, fine, right? Write some blogs a couple times a month and micro that down and there's your social copy for the month. So it's really about looking at creating one's publishing often and how you can kind of take a, my friend Marcus gave this to me, it's called, he calls it like the rotisserie chicken philosophy. It's like, we have a rotisserie chicken that you buy at the beginning of the week and you can make tacos with it. You can break it apart and make soup, like, like really looking at like your holistic strategy and breaking it down into pieces throughout the week or month to month. Awesome. No. And I I think that's just great advice because people do get burned out trying to do everything at once. And I think you gave the, the tips you gave, essentially it's like breaking it down from like the macro to the micro. And I know we have a hard stop here in a few minutes. So I definitely want to kind of wrap up our, our conversation and just be respectful of your time. And with that said, two questions. One, say somebody ran into you at a coffee shop in Chicago and they said, Jessica, you know, I'm building my brand and I'm just stuck. I feel like just the followers aren't coming. The money's not coming in. I just feel stuck. Number one, what would you say to them? And then after that, like, where can people find out more about you if they want to check you out? Well, they're going to be connected. <laughs> I would say read my book, to yeah, be yeah. honest. My book is a roadmap to help you build your brand, like soup to nuts, like step A to Z. But it's so much more than that. It's a permission slip to be yourself. Mm. And I would probably say to that girl or guy at the coffee shop that you're not stuck because you don't know how to craft the perfect Instagram strategy or build the beautiful website. You're stuck because you don't believe that it's you and that you are worthy and deserving of making a lot of money and being seen in the world in a big way. So get, get that mindset shift going first and make the decision that you deserve it because that, that alignment, I was broke as a joke back to the beginning of our conversation. And as soon as I switched that narrative of like, I am scarce, I have nothing, I am nothing to, I am abundant. I am, I have value despite what's in my bank account, that's when the game changed. And so I, 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 would, I wouldn't go down the rabbit hole of giving this person marketing strategy advice. Right. I'd actually ask them like, what's in your head? What's in your heart? Let's start there. So where people can find me, Doug, is everywhere. <laughs> I'm on um, Instagram at jessicasweig is pretty much the best place to find me. I spend a lot of time there. My website, jessicasweig.com. You can learn about Simply Be at simplybeagency.com and you can buy my book, Be a no bullshit guide to increasing your self-worth and net worth by simply being yourself on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, independent bookstores, wherever books are found. Amazing. And I love that advice. I love how you would just share to make the person go within. And I will make sure to plug all your social stuff, your book in the show notes. So that way people can check you out because I'm sure they're going to want to connect with you. And Jessica, thank you once again for your time. And for those listening, check her out. She gives some amazing tips on branding, on marketing so that you can be your truest self and help wherever you're going and then help your customers as well. And um, once again, like I do with, with so many episodes, tag Jessica, tag myself with a takeaway, or maybe you bought her book. We love to hear feedback. We love to know what you thought. And we thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopes, and we'll see you next time.